And we're back. Choo, choo, choo. All aboard. It's Fork Buddies. Hey, episode two. Episode dose. That's right. What's going on, so man? Been, what's, not a lot. What's been happening in uh, Flantown? Mm. Well, not much to report. Um, my sister turned... 35 on Sunday, so we went on a little food adventure up towards Fayetteville. Uh-huh. Um, we can get into that um, in detail, but... Yeah, I got a food adventure of my own to discuss. Yeah, yeah, I think you went down to the the Italian Grill in Hurricane, Taze Valley? Correct. I did. Yeah, we'll get into that in detail. Um, but... I. Uh, I know it's not really your cup of tea, but you doing anything for the Super Bowl? Not to my knowledge, no. no? Um, I didn't even know who was playing until maybe <laughs> yesterday. Apparently, Tom Brady and his Patriots performed some ultra comeback. I, I don't remember against who. Maybe the Vikings? No, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah, yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> I think it's the who's the is it the Saints the the Philadelphia Eagles, bud. Oh Saints yeah, lost. yeah, the Eagles. Oh man, Saints Bye. lost on a last second touchdown to the Minnesota Vikings. That's right, and I I know. Well, I had discussed that it was going to be the Eagles because I read that Vinnie Curry is going to the Super Bowl. And ah fun, yeah, fun fact. Marshall. Fun fact: I graduated the same day as Vinnie Curry and uh, we actually didn't sit that far away from each other during graduation. So I was intrigued when I saw that. Did you ever say hello? Oh no. He, are you kidding me? He was the big time. <laughs> he was king on campus. I was a nobody. Yeah, he was. I'm sure he was him in the uh, tight end, right? Uh, yeah. What was his name? I can't think of Blonde it. Hit. Yeah. Hit. Um, oh shoot. Man, we used to talk about him all the time. Yeah, he he is my shining example of uh, how college athletes pretty much get whatever they want for four straight years. Get, get the uh, special treatment. Yeah. Man, what was his name? He got drafted by the – I want to say it was the Chiefs. Really? Uh, this The tight end we're talking about? Yeah, I believe so. I believe he went, like, way late. You know, like – the first, like, the first Cody Slate, Cody Slate, Cody oh, Slate. Yeah. There you go, Slate. Yeah. The first, like, four rounds of the draft, like, your chances of staying on, like, that 53-man roster are, like, very slim. So, if you go after the fourth round, you're, you're, you could, you could possibly get cut. Yeah. It's possibly even, like, the third round. So, like, staying well. in the and playing in the NFL for over like three or four years is extremely tough to do. Well, if he did play, he didn't play <clears throat> very long. Yeah, I don't. On Facebook, actually. Uh, he, he probably played on a couple practice squads at different places. but He's a nice enough guy, but, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disclose here what I've said in the past. Had a night class with him, and uh, – he would always come in about 45 minutes late, leave about 45 minutes early. And this particular evening, he came in, sat down, put his hood up, 
and put his head down on the desk. Went to sleep, front row, in front of everybody. And then <laughs> 45 minutes or so before class was over, he just got up and walked out. I don't even think he had a book bag or anything. And uh, the professor, he turned around, he was writing on the board, and he was like, did Cody just leave? Someone was like, yeah. And he just shrugged his shoulder. He goes, well, as long as we win this weekend. <laughs> which, and that which, just ran. Oh, it blows my mind. Because if that were me, <laughs> it wouldn't matter. I w- I'd be getting docked on participation points or something. But I would also. Fun, fa- fun fact about Cody Slate. He was born in London, England. Oh. And he's oh. the same age as me. He is 30. So maybe he's got dual citizenship or something. That's it. Uh, never know. Uh, he, he at the time that you saw him in class, he was probably six four, about two thirty, two thirty five. Yeah, he so was a machine. Large, yeah, he's an extremely large human being. But I think his career ended due to like a torn ACL. If yeah. This wicked, right. I think I think that sounds right. I I seem to remember some kind of injury. But I was correct that he was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. Uh, so that's could, the old fucking working. You could stump the Schwab probably. <laughs> no, I definitely couldn't, but I would have. That, that was a cool show back in the day, I must, I must say. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so, oh, I got to ask, because I've been curious and I've actually uh, held off like in our text messages throughout the week. All right. Asking about um your dad was on a mission to bring back the hot ones hot sauce that is true that's he he was successful actually um and you know what i'm i'm kind of surprised that he even remembered um for any uh would-be listening there's a, a a mecca of sorts of just the best grocery store you've ever it's you can't even call it a grocery store it's called jungle gyms and it's in uh fairfield ohio just outside cincinnati and my they have like this enormous section of hot sauces and and as you might remember from one of the previous conversations with spicy food hot peppers hot sauce you name it so uh I asked my dad when I knew that he was going there if he would look for a particular hot sauce made by this uh, this show on on First We Feast on YouTube called uh, Hot Hot Ones Fiery Chipotle. It's like the uh, I don't know. Apparently, it's the best hot sauce that they use on the show. Well, he asked the best guy, best tasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He asked the definitely guy, not the hottest, but it is, yeah, no, it is definitely not the right hottest. in the middle. Yeah. But he did he did bring me back the hottest one. He brought me back Blair's Mega Death Sauce with Liquid Rage. Um the, the on the first trip, sorry, the yeah. on this first trip he asked the the hot sauce guy if they had the hot ones fire chipotle. He said no, it's it's like in high demand everywhere and it's hard to keep on the shelves. They should have some in January. So this particular trip, he brought back Blair's Mega Death with Liquid Rage. It is very hot. Um, and then he just went back 
his birthday was at the end of January and he found himself in Cincinnati again. And he just randomly texted me a picture of, of hot ones, fire Chipotle said, is this it? I said, yes, yes, you need to get it. You need to get it. How much is it? Well, apparently it was like 14 bucks for a little teeny tiny, like, I don't know. I, I, I'd have to show you the bottle. I mean, it fits comfortably. So is it like a travel size? A what? Is it like a travel size bottle? Or like I a, mean, a, a pretty tiny. Bottle? Yeah, like yeah. if you if you were to take out the hot sauce and put vodka in it, it's like a little travel vodka bottle. <laughs> so it's interesting that he even found that because for people that don't know, a little background on Hot Ones, they teamed up with a uh, company um, that does like, they get real exotic with like uh, peppers, making peppers, growing peppers. They've been responsible for the Carolina Reaper, the Trinidad Scorpion, the Chocolate Bootla. And now the hottest pepper in the world known as Pepper X. And the only way to get the this sauce that you speak of right now and then the other famous sauce, which you did say, Blair Megadeth sauce used to be the hottest hot sauce on the show. Actually, the hottest hot sauce right now is their, the one that they came up with called The Last Dab. Yeah. And I'll, 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 give, you this, I'll give you the reason why they call it The Last Dab in a little bit when we get more into the actual show. But... Um, the website you go to is called the heatnest, the heat, www.heatnest.com, or you can just type it into Google and both of these sauces that he, that we, we spoke about the last dab plus this fiery chipotle are sold out and it, you can't like, that's how, that's how popular the show is. Hey buddy, it's so, a, it's a testament to jungle gyms that they even had it on the shelves. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool because uh, again, it's it's in super high demand because of the popularity of the show. Um, YouTube does they put out content. Pro- this show probably puts out a show every week for I would say usually a season lasts anywhere from twenty five to thirty episodes. So like this this we're on season five right now of Hot Ones, and it's been going on since probably I want to say twenty. 14, 15, maybe it's been, it's been on for a few years, I believe. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So are you, it's are a, you, are you inquiring as to what the hot ones fiery Chipotle was like? No, I don't think so because I feel like I would have to just taste it myself. I do know from the experience of the show that they do most of the, most of the people that come on and get interviewed um, do rather enjoy the taste of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I would agree. It's, it's probably in terms of taste, the best one. Um, yeah, well, this season now, this season's had some, has some really good ones. It looks like, like this season can't go understated. Like their lineup, in my opinion, out of all the other seasons, this lineup is like flavor town USA. Oh yeah. Homage, homage to, the man who got me started on this journey, Guy Fieri. Sorry, anyone that listened to last week's episode, um, episode 1.2, I did refer to Guy Fieri as Guy Fietti. And I've heard both pronunciations for some reason, and that one stuck. But I've heard it recently since then, so it is Guy Fieri. So and I, I don't know. I feel like at one time or another, he's called himself that. Well, see, I, you know, I go back and forth, so I don't know. Like, I, other people call him Fieri. I don't know if he's calling himself Fieri. Like, I, 
I don't see any T's in his name. I don't think so. So it's I don't know. Just like some Italian inflection we don't know about. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. It's supposed to roll off the tongue, though, I think. It's, you know, kind of one of those. But An eccentric fellow. I, I, I didn't want to ask you what it tastes like. I wanted to ask you what, it, what you put it on because I feel like that's more important than what it actually tastes like. So did you True. just dab it on your fruit? Um, I think initially, actually, <laughs> the first time that I, that I tried it, I did not do it justice. And this is shameful. I had forgotten that uh, I had taken the lid off and it was just barely on sitting on top of the bottle, you know? So I went to shake yeah. it. I went to shake it and some of it spilled out onto my kitchen counter. And oh, no. I just instinctively wiped it up with my finger and, and tasted it that way. Uh, since that moment, I have eaten it on bread uh, I tried nacho and I, I put it in like a taco thing that I made the other day with kimchi. Um, nice. Yeah. It's pretty good on, on anything. I think I, it's, it really is more of a sauce than, um, a hot sauce. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. It, it has, it has like a little bit of zing to it, but it's way under, what I prefer in terms of, of spiciness. Um, but so it's, it's more, so it's like, it's more, it's up. Yeah, anyone's it's, I would say so. Yeah. Unless you're just an extreme, like heatophobe and you hate spicy food, then uh, yeah, I would say generally anybody could, could eat it. No problem. Um, right. But it's good. It's good. They did well. I could see if, if they made a chicken wing out of that and, um, you know, it was like mixed in with the batter, that would be a delicious chicken wing. But Yes, uh, that's what it – that's like that's how you should eat this sauce probably. Like I think so, yeah. I feel like it, maybe it's – maybe you add it to like your morning eggs or, you know, spice up Ooh. your guacamole like that but like at the same time like i feel like it the only justice it should be like the only way it should be really eaten is probably like making your own like sauce for your wings and that being the base with like some butter and some other things maybe some yeah. other spice but like yeah, the ingredient probably the ingredient on it is basically chipotle peppers habanero pineapple dried ghost pepper carrot curry paste lime juice tomato paste sugar and salt so that's what that's what's all in this. So they do try to hit you with a little bit of the, the higher end, like ghost pepper, but at the same time, like they're sweetening it out with some curry and some, some pineapple and some lime juice. You know, they're trying to cut through that heat a little bit to make oh, yeah. it taste. So, and you can tell, you can tell, I think uh, <clears throat> it's like 70% good tasting, 30% spice, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, so that's cool, man. I'm 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 pumped for that. I hope you bring that up before you get get it all through that, so I can take a oh, shot yeah, at. Oh yeah, sure, for sure. It is a small bottle, though. I've already gone through probably like an eighth of it. Yeah, that's I've fine. Only, I've only used it a couple times, but just uh, say you need the last dab. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> but yeah, so let's get into the show then, because that that we've summed up basically 
the hot sauces from the show somewhat. We've touched on them. But I think, you know, what's more important is that, you know, two guys like us, you know, we're not, we're not obviously rolling in the dough or anything. So it's, it's hard for us to go out to eat all the time, like every day, every weekend, whatever. So I feel like to substitute with that, we have found like certain content on TV or through our laptop on the internet to where we can, you know, like um, maybe think about these foods that we, we want to go and see and do and eat and talk about them. And, you know, and basically through, through all that bond through our common bond with food. And I don't know if it was me or you that stumbled on the hot ones first. It was you, it was you. And you actually showed me the, uh, the, the one with Neil deGrasse Tyson, which yeah, that's right in my wheelhouse. You got spicy food and everyone's personal astrophysicist. Right. About, you know, cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. So let me lay out, let me, let me, let me describe the show to people that may not know anything about it. Basically what the show is, is it's, it's, it's on YouTube. Anybody can watch it. It's totally free. You sign on YouTube, you type in search or you hit the search button, type in hot ones. And then a load of like episodes and celebrities and people come up. And basically the show is centered around two people sitting at a table with 10 wings in front of them. And all of those wings have a variety of sauces on them from going from basically your basic Tabasco all the way up to Blair's mega death sauce. That's like at a 10. I feel like and, the first one they always start out with is uh Sriracha. Yeah. They're, but they go like they've um, there's actually a, um, a good, uh, they actually talk about that when Brett Baker comes on I'll get into Brett Baker a little bit after I get through the description, but basically their first hot sauce is always like a vinegar based hot sauce. So if you've noticed they go from like Tabasco to like um, Louisiana. Um, what other ones am I missing here? I think the, the only in, the one that's in every Mexican restaurant. It's Tapatio. Tapatio. Uh, yeah. Um, and there's another one I'm missing out on. That's a vinegar based sauce. But like they have a they have they have kind of what they want to do. All the way they have they have a sort of an algorithm, I guess, to like basically to just to warm you up and then they basically light you on fire by the end of it. But the basic premise of the show is is that Sean Evans is the host. He used to write for Complex Magazine, which if anybody doesn't know, Complex Magazine is sort of like a hip hop um <laughs> lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> Do you you guys hear my dog? Yeah, that was weird. So he sees so, another dog. She sees uh, Gary Cavender's dog down the street. Uh, driving yeah, wild. Um. So, yeah. so basically, Sean Evans is the host, and then he sits down with other celebrities and asks them a series of questions while they try these wings and go up the Scoville unit. So, um, what is the is the whole point change. like to get more candid answers because? of their distress level with the, with the spice. You know what? I think it started out as a show basically where they, they thought they could make people like quit during the interview because the, the, the ultimate prize for these people at the end of it is to basically, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Promote any, any sort of project they're doing at that time. 
So I think they started out in the very early seasons to basically like light people up and then like see how they're going to react. And then if they, if they bail out, they basically just make fun of that person as, and they put him on, they put them on a wall of shame. Um, (laughs) And there have been people that have bailed out. The most famous one, in my opinion, is DJ Khaled. He didn't get through, but like maybe three or four wings. And he just bailed. Yeah. Sean Evans just asked him questions the rest of the time. So he's like the most notorious one for bailing out, but there are there have been others that have that have bailed and not made it all the way through. And the most recent one I watched, which is in the newer season, was um the chick from uh crap, I'm gonna I'm gonna blank on the name. It's that Fox show about um uh man, I totally blanked on it. I have no idea who you're talking about. Yeah, have you watched any of the new season? Uh, I don't know what surprises the new season. Like I, a, I, I watched Bobby Lee, and I saw um, who was it? It was Russell Brand. I don't think that. I think that was a like an earlier season with Russell Brand. It's uh Taraj P Henson, and she's from uh that show. <laughs> yeah, let me let me give it a Google, and I'll I'll see if I know. Taraj Henson. She oh, was in, yeah. Um, she was in that movie Hidden Figures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but her famous TV show is uh, the one on Fox. Um, Empire? Is it Empire? There you go, Empire. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Yeah. So, anyways, to talk about people bailing out on the show, she basically did – she took it a, a whole other step. She brought in one of her security guards and let that dude eat the wings towards the end. Like, as she got up to a certain level, she brought this guy in and made him eat the wings, and then she just answered the questions. So she's got to be on, like, her own, like, wall of shame. Whoa. I mean, how did he handle it? Oh, dude, like a champion. Like a – he ate the last dab wing. For anybody that doesn't know why it's called – let me get into why it's not – why it's called the last dab. So basically – Back in the day before they made this new sauce with Pepper X in it, um, they used Blair's Mega Death Sauce with Liquid Rage as the last sauce to to, to um, top the mountain. So, And folks, I have Blair's Mega Death Sauce with Liquid Rage in my kitchen right now. And let me just tell you, it'll put lead in your pencil. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So these these wings are already coated in the sauces when they're sitting there on this like wooden plank. And so the step it up a notch, Sean always shakes the last bottle with Blair Mega's death sauce in it and tops the wing with just a small little dab of sauce for a little bit of extra kick. And he always recommends it to people, but he says you don't have to do it. It's so tradition, they, but you don't have to. Exactly. So they started calling it the last dab. So they would dab a little bit on the wing for a little bit extra heat. And dude, when I'm telling you this, this cat that they, that he, she brought in as her um, security guard or bodyguard, whatever you want to call him, dude, he ate it. And he just, he just stood there like stoic. Like he, he didn't like lick his lips. He wasn't like moving around squirming, like none of that. Like he just, he's a, he was Haitian, I think Haitian or Jamaican. And like, I suppose, but he was really good with hot stuff. And I mean, he just, it was like he was eating like the best wing of his life, and we all and you know as a pepper head like pepper X ain't oh, nothing to joke. Around. 
Oh, it's going to hurt. Like they haven't, they're still trying to figure out how many Scoville units Pepper X is. And that is the base of this sauce. That's insane. Pepper X. But you know what? That's awesome. That's the guy that you want standing in front of you when, when you're walking down the red carpet, you know what I'm saying? That, that should be a, a, like an interview requirement (laughs) to be a, a, a bodyguard. Yeah, throw some throw some pepper X on his uh, mucous membranes and see how he works. See how he reacts to s- super hot sauces. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. So uh, a little backstory to like the master creator of all these um, uh, quote unquote like devious plants. Um. Smoke and Ed Curry is responsible for Pepper X plus um the Carolina Reaper. And supposedly he just goes around like uh, basically gene splicing these these peppers to see like what he can come up with. And I did misspeak a second ago because I'm now on Wikipedia, but supposedly Pepper X is 3.18 million Scoville units. And that's that's still unconfirmed by Guinness World Records, but that's what they guesstimated at right now. And that's, that's just ins- that's, that's it, that is hot. absolutely bonkers. I mean, that, I think it, I think a like one jalapeno pepper is somewhere in the neighborhood of two thousand Scoville units. Yeah, yeah, and, and we're some talking people I know can't even handle jalapenos. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Like jalapenos will, like we've all had like certain like uh, dips and sauces, and we're like, what is in that? And they're like, oh, it's just jalapenos. I remember, like we like we used to stop at Subway coming back from. Uh, in Belpre coming back from work all the time. And I remember guys going in there and they're like, yeah, I'm going to get some jalapenos on my sandwich. And by the time they gotten through it on the way out, they were just like, man, them jalapenos were hot today. You just, <laughs> you just, you just never know, man. I think you get a certain batch are just hotter than others. And you're like, man, that lit me up today. Yeah, that is true. Some, I think it depends on a lot of growth factors, uh, how hot it's going to be. And, my grandma, she she couldn't eat Taco Bell because she said the the meat in the, her taco was too spicy. <laughs> so yeah, basically back to the show. So Sean Evans interviews these people. They go up the the chain, and he asks. I mean, like as interviewers go, like as interviews go, and interviewers, I put him in the upper echelon. I know we have had discussions about Sean Evans where you said. Sometimes he doesn't really my cup of tea, but I kind of gave you a forewarning. Like, if you watch too many of them in a row, like, if for anybody that's going to start out and be like, oh, I want to watch hot ones, watch a few that you are really interested in and then give it a break. Because yeah. I will say, it becomes repetitive, and he he is, like, he's doing his personality. He's, he's doing him from the show, you know what I mean? So uh, if you want to binge watch these, I don't recommend it because then you just get lulled to sleep because it's – his character is out and he's doing them weekly. So he's, you know, he's, he's just trying to do his best to keep the show lively. Now, yeah. And I, I think I've mentioned to you on one occasion, I saw like a behind the scenes thing that he did maybe around Christmas time or something. And he is yeah. a totally different person off camera. Exactly. In my exactly. opinion anyway. Yeah. And, and when he's doing the interviews, he's trying very hard to like, keep the flow going uh he's he's more or less diplomatic in the way he speaks to them um and he speaks with his hands too much like way too much (laughs) 
So in in my estimation from watching as many as I've watched, but let's say I'm at the probably like the 20 or 30 mark of ones that I've watched. And I think he, he's got, he's getting, he's getting very good at like understanding when, when to capture the moment of the question and like to how to keep it going. And if you go back to like the beginning, you know, he, it's like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And I think, you know, he he's coming from a writing standpoint background and basically he's gotten, he, he started out with this idea for this show and he's just gotten thrust into it and he's learning as he goes. And I think as we can, as they continue to go on with the show, I think it's only going to get better and better and better because I, I think he, he's aware of, of how he acts, I think. So he's constantly working on his like interview skills. Yeah. Now let me, let me you, pose this question to you. He, well, let me, let me, out, let me finish out the let me finish out the thought. I think you see that, and you get a better uh, understanding of him when you watch Brett Baker interview him. And for anyone okay. who doesn't, Brett Baker is the super fan of the show of all time. And in season four, they bring him on, and and Brett Baker interviews Sean. So definitely watch that episode, and then you see a better you you get a better light shed on Sean. But go ahead with your question. Um. Well, Sean Evans had tweeted not that long ago, if you could have one person on the show, and I guess excluding Gordon Ramsay, people must like really want Gordon Ramsay to be a, a guest on his show, who who would it be? And I threw in a couple of names. Um, I threw in Joe Rogan. because That surprised he, me. That, well, that was shocking. The, my reasoning behind that is, I haven't really seen a hot ones where he interviews an interviewer. You know what I mean? Uh, Joe Rogan, yeah. like that's a huge part of, of Joe's kingdom is every week he has some celebrity on his podcast and they talk. So right. it would be interesting to see one, how Joe handles hot sauce and two, how he handles hot sauce in the form of being asked questions one after the other. Um, I also said David Chang, Anthony Bourdain, Tina Fey. Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Oh, I said Idris Elba. I thought that would be an interesting one. Um, but my question is, who yeah, would you like to see on Hot Ones? Well, I think when we first discussed this, you threw out Joe Rogan, which shocked me. But now that you've summed that up, I, I agree. Um, I will say I don't think he would ever do the show just because it's not really his cup of tea. Because finding out more and more about him, he's he's just now turned he turned fifty this year or last year. And a little fun fact about him: uh, UFC three, the video game, just came out, and he actually turned down the voiceover work. And he's a commentator for the UFC, so you can see oh, wow. now at his, at his older age, like he doesn't want to do things that he doesn't want to do. And I just don't think he would be. Unless it was like right in his backyard and they came to him and he they went to his studio and did it, I don't think he would like agree to well, it. Well, they but could. Hey. That, that, that is possible because uh, if I remember correctly, they did the Hot Ones episode with Rachel Ray at Rachel Ray's studio. They are mobile. I, I, they, they did one with Tony Hawk at um, whatever that um, Complex Con, I think is what it's called. Like a Comic Con, uh-huh. but for something else. And I think. They did one with Tony Hawk there. So they are mobile. I think they do them in L.A. and in New York. Um, but 
Yeah, it would have to be right up Joe's alley. But um, I agree with the David Chang one because I, I think he's very important um, and influential inside of the f- food scene. Um, and then uh, the, another uh, – to pile on with um, uh, other chefs, I'd like to see Andrew Zimmer. I, oh. I, I, really, I really find that guy fascinating, and I think he, he would do it. I, I think like he would. There's a certain like there you gotta you gotta keep this show in mind too. Like I don't want to like this isn't like the upper echelon of like getting like a a list celebrities to do this. This is more in your realm of like you know pop internet culture. people. Yeah, pop culture like B type C slash. You're not gonna see like George Clooney on this show or yeah. President Obama or you know. Although they did have uh, James Franco and Brian Cranston. Yeah, but that was back when they were promoting that film. And yeah. I feel like I feel like you're only going to get that those certain type of people when they're like really trying to promote like a film that might bust. So and like, yeah, all- let's be honest, they're not going to need to promote anything. Anyway. Exactly. So I feel like you know they have gotten some A-list people, but I think it's only because of timing. And, yeah. And it worked out. But like people that actually want to go on the show and actually are interested in doing it. I think Andrew Zimmer really fits that build. I don't know about David Chang because he doesn't do a whole lot of stuff outside of the realm of like uh, being a chef. So I don't think he plays to like the um, like chef pop culture icon person. You know what I mean? He's kind of more on like the back burner. Like I don't feel like everybody knows about David Chang because he's never really had his own TV show or anything. Yeah. That he, you just got to kind of deep dive on him to figure out who he is. Now he did. Um, uh, season one of Mind of a Chef, but I don't think that he really enjoys the limelight. Yeah, as a chef, you know. Yeah, um, but I, he's a super interesting dude, and all the listeners should check him out. Yeah, hundred percent. Like we've already talked about him before. I think it was actually in our very first episode that we did that kind of screwed up on the echoing, talking about like his influence with like pairing like really odd foods together and making them like look fantastic. Oh yeah. 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 The fried chicken with caviar and at Momofuku in Las Vegas. Oh, but, um, you're asking me like who else I would look at to look, um, to see on that show. I, I haven't really given it much thought. Um, I, I always enjoy a comedian, you know what I mean? So, right. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna aim high like that, I feel like Dave Chappelle would be a cool C on that. Oh, like, yeah, I feel like I Chappelle. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how he is with hot food, and that's the other thing about the show is, is that you don't have to be like necessarily like really cool or like um, no, I shouldn't say cool, but like you you don't have to really be into hot food to go on the show. Like, no, they'll, not at they'll, all. they'll take care of you. It's just an interview, basically. So. Yeah. It, you know, and I, I actually I watched I've seen every single episode from this newest season, and I watched one the the most late the the most recent one that just came out this week is Von Miller and he's a linebacker for the Denver Broncos and they did it obviously because of the Super Bowl coming up, and uh, it was actually one of the probably the the most um it wasn't it wasn't very good and I, it wasn't because he, of he was pathetic yeah he just. It didn't, I couldn't, like, the questions were good because even he, he, like, that's what I find out, like, about this show and how good it is, is that Sean Evans does a real deep dive on these people before he interviews them, and every time he asks, like, some question, they always commend him for 
wow, you really did your research. That is true. And the same thing happened here with Von Miller, but I don't feel like it excited him enough. You know, he kind of, he, he acknowledged it, but at the same time, it was just like, yeah, man, you really did your research, but blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and you spit out an answer and, you know, it, it just, it just, it was, it didn't do it for me. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't really, it didn't really hit any, anything, but, um, uh, I'd have to get back to you on that. We'll, I'll, I'll, I'll start think. I'll deep dive on my own recesses of my brain and come up with some other people that I think would be good on that show. But like right now, it's just not hitting me. Yeah, like, do that. I'm interested in what you come up with. Um, Chappelle, I think, would be a pretty good one. Maybe Will Ferrell. He would make it funny for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's too, he, he's too mainstream, I think, for hot ones. I yeah. Don't so. Of the ones that I've really enjoyed, like let's go down that road. Um, okay. Um, so, <laughs> and the, the other thing, the other great thing about the show is, is that it brings you to people that you might not have ever been connected to, like you, you never would have had an interest in. Yeah. And, um, and I told you about one, and you you mentioned it earlier. Uh, the Bobby Lee one, for me, <laughs> was. I mean, it was it was hilarious, and I didn't know who Bobby Lee was. Now I knew of Bobby Lee. I knew that he was a comedian, and that's about all I knew. And I had seen him because I do follow this this string of comedians that is surrounded by the Comedy Store and the um, Improv and Joe Rogan inside of that realm because I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast religiously. So I knew of Bobby Lee from seeing him on other stuff. Right. And but when I watched that one, I was I was bored one day, and I was just like, whatever, I'll watch Bobby Lee. And dude, I about I about fell out of my chair laughing at that one. I, it was absolutely hilarious. Well, you know why? I mean, yeah, give the people what they want. Tell them exactly why it was hilarious. He shit his pants. <laughs> that never gets old. And, and there was a there was a very audible fart in the middle of the interview. <laughs> And, and 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 for anybody that's going to watch that one, I don't want to ruin it for you. But at the same time, Bobby Lee is known for this. Like for anybody that doesn't know who Bobby Lee is, he's a comedian. But his days started out on what was the show called? Uh, the show Mad TV. Mad TV. Bobby Lee is on the Mad TV like way back in the day, early '90s, I think. Yeah, and he, he was. He always played like some uh, like stereotypical Asian person on Mad TV. Right. And he was, but in, on behind the scenes, he was notorious for like, I think he has IBS or something. So he was notorious for like shit in his pants. Yeah. And that's what came to fruition on the show. But you got to see like his, his face, like his facial expressions. Like and better him. yet, Sean Evans' facial expression when he realizes <laughs> what he did. Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, man, I laughed and laughed. And even even his responses to some of the questions I thought were just absolutely hilarious. He's crazy. So, he is a he's a crazy, crazy dude. And, and fun and fun fact, if you if you want to look Bobby Lee up on like any sort of social media, uh, his wife is like a supermodel. I think it's his girlfriend. Girl, I don't think they're married. Yeah, they, but they do a podcast together. Yeah. Oh, it, she is so far out of his league. Oh, yeah, it's not even funny. If that isn't a testament to humor being an attractive quality in a man, I don't know what else to say because he is <laughs> not 
pretty. No, no. Bobby Lee is definitely funny because of his mannerisms plus how he looks. And that's not yeah. a knock like Chinese or the Asian stereotype. That's just Bobby Lee is not an attractive dude. Yeah, and I feel like he kind of tries to be unattractive. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's a part yeah. of his stick. Yeah. And, I mean, I think also what makes that testament even stronger, you know, if you have a supermodel of a girlfriend and you shit your pants on a televised interview, my supermodel of a girlfriend, I'm almost positive, would pack her bags and leave the next day. Yeah, they're nobody, walking. Nobody wants to be dating the dude who shits pants on in the middle of an interview. Look, I'm not going to sit up on the the um, my high horse here and say that I've never uh, done what Bobby Lee did. I, I think we've all had some close encounters and maybe some actual <laughs> Lee. But at the same time, at the same time. On national on on an actual TV show where it's not edited out and people see it and it's hilarious, uh, <laughs> that's a whole other level, you know. You know what? Is, I, you know what whole... I think made it okay though was he knew what he was getting into. Number one, and number two, number two, he uh, <laughs> he he basically called it at the beginning of the interview. He was like, "Yeah, you know, I kind of have this problem where sometimes I kind of shit my pants, but you know, it's okay." and like he didn't even make it to the end of the show and that's what happened and when you watch it when you guys watch this show hot ones bobby lee the look on his face as it happens it's like it is like there is no possible way in this physical world that he was gonna be able to control that sphincter muscle to keep that in that's the best way that i can think of to describe it it was it was coming no matter what and the audible, the just the noises that he makes. Oh, <laughs> so so you did you did mention that uh, you were going to have your mom watch it with you. Did, did that end up coming? Did that end up happening? No, no. Uh, I could, I I ended up telling her about it, and uh, she she did laugh. But she didn't laugh like I thought she would if she actually saw it. So um, uh, maybe this weekend I'll 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 make her watch it because yeah, man, yeah. I, she she watched one of them with me at one point. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, if if she were just watching and didn't know that that was coming, that would make her day. Everybody yeah. enjoys a, a like a candid fart moment. I mean, it's funny. <laughs> But this Bobby Lee just takes a not he's not even playing the same sport anymore. He he he, he shits his pants. <laughs> he shits his pants. Yeah, that at least if you're ever going to listen to this, please, please for your own enjoyment, watch that episode. So, um, I'll make it happen. Yeah, make that happen. So then, then let's go. Let's backtrack a little bit. Then, what are the uh, some of the, like Bobby Lee? Obviously, for both of us, is a really good one. What's some of um, your favorite? Well, I did enjoy the Neil deGrasse Tyson one, but that's only because I enjoy anything Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, Rachel Ray, I thought that was a really good one. Um, I also have 
sort of a major league crush on Rachel Ray. Couldn't tell you why. It, I just do. But that's she, weird. But is it? I, I feel like I feel like it's pretty awesome. But you know, she did something that no other guest on the show has done before. Since actually, the only other person that I've seen do it was uh, Brett Baker when he uploaded a. Is that his name, Brett Baker? Brett Baker. Shout out. Yeah. Brett when he uploaded a video of himself to YouTube doing the last dab, he did what Rachel Ray did, which was not put it on a chicken wing, but just pour a little spoonful of it and then just take a bite right from the spoon of the sauce. That is right. gnarly. Yeah. Okay? That is, that's tough to do. And she did it all the way through the progression of hot sauces all the way to the last dab. Okay, so let's let's pa- let's let's pause it right there in the sense that you like N- N- Neil deGrasse Tyson and Rachel Ray, and let me get yeah. into who actually Brett Baker is because I've mentioned yes. a lot, and I feel like this is the best time to bring him up. So Brett Baker is a um, just a guy from Lincoln, Nebraska who started watching this show like anyone else. And I feel like he's a school teacher. Plus he does some sort of like local television in Nebraska. And for whatever reason, he hopped on his Twitter one day and started ranking his favorite, um, hot ones episodes. And, and it caught, it caught fire because I guess everyone started really like agreeing with him on what the best ones were. And there, the, what really set him apart, I guess, and brought him to like, like the attention of like, we need to get him on the show was that his number one of all time was Russell brand. And it's actually one of one that's near and dear to me. Cause I really enjoy Russell brand. Number one from anything I've ever heard him on. And number two um, his his epic s- song about Brett Baker, right? He he, busts he like it. freestyled this little ditty about Brett Baker, didn't he? Yeah, it's like it's like Wing Nine or Ten, the last one, and literally he just goes off and starts singing this song about Brett Baker, and it is it's fantastic because you can tell like and it, when you start watching this show, you guys would be able to tell. The, for whatever reason, and I don't think we can bring a scientist on maybe one time to explain this, or maybe maybe you can deep dive why this happens. But with capsaicin and the brain, there is some sort of like high effect that you get from when you eat these wings that are extremely hot. It's euphoric almost, and they all explain this when they're it's doing true. it. And for whatever reason it like fired Russell Brand, Brand's brain up, which is already on fire to begin with. But like, he just went off onto this like, like beautiful song about Brett Baker that just was hilarious. And that catapulted him into like the number one realm, obviously for Brett Baker. So he automatically r- rated Russell Brand number one and then everybody else fell suit. But- well, the fact that Russell Brand was able to improv that song under under that kind of duress is is pretty incredible and yeah. and i think there's even a video of brett baker watching uh the russell brand episode Very. where he said that song i haven't seen it but i want to yeah so 
So after that happens, that, that catapults Brett Baker into another realm of like popularity to where now Brett Baker is like um, the, the, the watchman of the show. So he's basically <laughs> the guy that everybody uh, like resorts to, to like figure out like who's really good, who's worth watching, who's not worth watching. Cause like, let me be honest here. We're on season five. There's a lot of episodes to watch. There's a lot of people that have been on the show and and to sit down and like just pick one out one day every day is kind of tough because you, some people you don't really know. Like, cause again, yeah. Sean Evans roots are in hip hop. So most of the ones that started in the early days. And if you're not a hip hop fan, you're not going to go back and watch the ones with Tony Yayo or um, YG or uh, Joe Budden. Like some of the rappers might not be your, your thing. And for a guy to be in Lincoln, Nebraska, and give you like a rundown of what his favorites are, that helps you with a starting point that gets you to where you want to be. And then once you figure out like the good ones from the bad ones, then you just start picking on based off of like who you like, who you dislike, or who you want to find out about. But, yeah. I mean, some of these episodes are remarkably better than the others. Oh, some yeah. Of them suck. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into the, what, like the super duds that you've watched, but like. Yeah, there are ones that are, like, really boring. Um, and there are other ones that are, like, gold. Like, Bobby Lee is a gold one to me. Uh, Joey Diaz is gold. Burt Kreischer is gold. Oh, and it, I'll, I'll get to my favorite in a second, but and I'll tell you why it's my, one of my favorites. But uh, it, it, it blew my mind. Like, the interview was just, like, like again, Sean Evans did his homework. And... And it really was like, holy cow. Like, and I, I've actually said this, this fun fact to other people and it's blown their mind. And this is where I got it from. So the people that are listening that I've actually said this to out loud, they'll, they'll know this, this is my source now. So like, I didn't just like come up with this up on, on my own, but uh, go back, go back a little ways to you. You, you gave me Neil deGrasse Tyson, which I knew that was going to be an easy one for you. I was a little shocked by Rachel Ray just because I didn't feel like I, I, I didn't feel like I didn't know your personal feelings on her, and now I do. So now I've, I've kind of accepted that. So give me another. Love Rachel. Give me another one that that blew you away. Uh, blew me away. Or that you Russell Brand. Russell Brand was really good. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed him a lot as well. Uh, I watched Charlie Day the other day. That was pretty funny. Charlie Day is. Uh, Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Horrible Bosses. Yeah. He's in a bunch of other stuff, but I don't know what. Um, why, Steve-O was good. Why, was, why, why, were, why were those last two good? Because you gave the specific examples to, like, Rachel Ray basically being a, doing a heroic in feat. And I, I want to I mention one that I think I know you'll, you'll talk about and gloat about is Chili, Cla- Chili Claus. Klaus, Chili Klaus. Chili Klaus. Sorry. Ah, yes, Chili Klaus. Now that one. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that one is up there for sure. I would say in my top, maybe top three, definitely top five. Um, so Chili Klaus is this dude from Denmark. I think it's Denmark. Uh, and I have I have never heard of him until this show. But I guess he kind of does the same thing that Sean Evans does 
no, that's not accurate. I don't really know what he does in Denmark other than I think he has his own his own show that he does with with hot food. Is that right? With with chili peppers? Uh, I don't know, actually. All right. Well, it doesn't matter. He's just this this really cool looking dude from Denmark that really enjoys eating the spiciest peppers on the planet. And he even like did a disclaimer at the maybe at the beginning of Hot Ones or maybe I saw this on his own YouTube channel where he's like, you guys maybe don't do this. I have a lot of experience doing this, blah, blah, blah. But um, they ate, they took it to a whole other level. They, they didn't just eat chicken wings that had the sauce infused in the, in the skin. They ate chicken wings that had actual bits of the chili peppers on the wing. Yes. So um, I think they only ate four. Five. But, okay, yeah, five. You're right. Um, one of them was that chocolate bootla. Uh, I want to say that was like the next to spiciest one, but it, it doesn't matter. It, they, they, they were hurting, they were hurting bad. And Chili Klaus, he, he did this like very, um, unique to him thing where he like snaps his fingers in his ears because it's so hot and he can't hardly take it. But, uh, you guys should definitely check out Chili Klaus to see, the chili pepper mania that does exist out there and how, I mean, gosh, you, you're talking about um, the one chick's bodyguard being able to take it. This was like a whole other level of pain. I feel like. Um, yeah. I, they were out. They, they are out for torture because they get some sort of sick pleasure out of like taking it one step further. Um, now, you know what? This is interesting too, that, that you say you, you kind of word it that way. Um, I had a professor at school that was a, a plant geneticist and um, he does a lot of his work with hot peppers. And I heard him one day giving a lecture about some, some medicinal effect that some pepper has. And, you know, I'm listening as a pepper enthusiast and he's talking about capsaicin and how it's actually addictive. So you start out with a little bit and it's, it's kind of spicy, a little bit unpleasant, but also maybe just a little bit pleasant and you can't really tell why. And then before too long, you know, you're, you're upping it another level and then another level and you, your body actually starts to crave more capsaicin. Uh So, yeah. And it, it, it might, happen even on like a, a subconscious level you can't you don't really know that you're experiencing this craving or why but it, it's happening and i would say that that is for sure the case with chili klaus i mean there's no other there's no other reason to torture yourself like that i don't think uh, other- yeah so i've done a little deep dive while you've been talking about him and i i don't know what his origins are basically other than he's just a a Danish uh, character of sorts, like musician, comedian, jack-of-all-trades sort kind of dude. But I guess his claim to fame, obviously, is eating really extremely hot foods. Yeah. Over in the States, anyways, because he kind of teamed up with Sean. And if anybody that's going to do that deep dive is going to figure out, like, there's a progression of Chili Klaus through the First We Feast, like, YouTube channel. 
Um, they start out originally in one of the – I don't even think it says associated with Hot Ones, but it might be because Sean's got some other projects that he does that we may talk about in uh, future episodes. But uh, him and Chili just basically start, like, eating these peppers whole. So they take down, like, a Carolina Reaper whole. They take down a Pepper X whole or a whole you know they they just they do that and then they graduate to this this hot ones episode that'll be the most one of the most notorious episodes of all time because it's, yeah it's unbelievably hard to do what they did and they do it with <laughs> they do it with like it's it, it, like the guy doesn't get enough credit like yeah chili klaus is one thing but sean evans is a beast he hangs with the best of them. The best, like it's like it, it. It's like his body is built up an immunity to some of these sauces. Like he doesn't yeah. even. He doesn't even I mean, really react sometimes. And I'm like, man, how's he not reacting? I mean, listen, dude. I have grown the Trinidad Moruga scorpions, the California Reapers. I've grown these in my garden, so I've sampled them firsthand, fresh from the vine, and I actually ate a Carolina Reaper whole this past year. And I would definitely, definitely say it was the most painful thing that I can ever remember doing. I, you know, I broke my arm and I know that hurt, but this really, really hurt. It's like your throat closes up and is being uh, held under a blowtorch. It's it's blowtorch is the best way to describe it. How these guys handled the pepper X, chili X, pepper X, whatever it is. Yeah, it's beyond me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there's that. Plus, like, we're not only talking like pepper X right now is probably the hottest pepper walking. But in the episode, they did one called Chocolate Bootlaw, which is past the Carolina Reaper at about like around, say, two million Scoville units. And they and there's one even above that, which is called the Caramel Reaper. That is uh, not even really known, just like Pepper X isn't really known. They're just kind of guessing. But what you did, you said you had a you, you took down a Carolina Reaper and that's probably around like, say, a million Scoville units. And yeah, and and these new these peppers above that are getting in like two million, three million, and maybe I I don't know anywhere upwards of maybe six million is a possibility. You know these things are yeah. extremely extremely hot, and they're obviously probably used for like certain like military grade pepper pepper spray cans. Like they're <laughs> gonna they're gonna put you on your ass if they turn that thing into like a weapon. And I'm sure, I'm sure they do, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. That's well, it discussed is they definitely probably turn these peppers into weapons. You know, I, I initially, I wanted to say, I feel like there is a, a point where it just doesn't even matter anymore. You know, yeah. like it's, you know, kind of like when you think of, of having money, at what point do you become so rich that it doesn't even matter how much money you have anymore? I feel like there's the same kind of cap with spice, but you'd be wrong on both accounts because yeah, it's like the it's thing, like... The, the thing with, with, uh, with chili peppers in the instance of that Carolina Reaper that I, that I ate whole, it affects your mouth. Sure. 
but that's not where it stops. After it goes down your esophagus, you feel it in your stomach. You can feel it in your stomach, and it's like a really unpleasant burn that's happening in your stomach, different than any other thing that, that I can think of. So right. what these guys felt after they they ate this uh, caramel reaper and chocolate bula, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They, so, so back to your analogy, it's kind of like Pepper X is the Jeff Bezos of peppers. Jeff Bezos, yeah. the, the owner of Amazon, where he has $50 billion or whatever, whatever his net worth is. It's just like, you, you know, you, why are you still working, dude? And why is this pepper even readily available to anyone? Because we could have stopped at the Carolina Reaper. Like, we didn't have to go further than that. And we have. So, yeah. what's next? You know what I mean? What's after Pepper X? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a good uh, that's that's a good rundown of of the favorite ones that you had. Let me let me come back to the to probably my my one that maybe most people wouldn't watch, but will probably now watch because I've talked. I'm going to talk about it. But it's, yeah, I'm intrigued. I want to know what the thing was that your fun fact. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know how I got to this one, but uh, you know, when you're watching, if anyone is not obviously most people are familiar with YouTube. Uh, you start down the it, they, they're called rabbit holes uh, for most people that have been down the road of YouTube where you basically start one video and then they give you a list of suggestions on the right and then you just start hitting right. you know and you just keep going you keep going you keep going and then you look up and it's like holy crap I've been sitting here for three hours watching this stuff so it was one yeah. like it was one awkward morning for me where I was just basically sipping coffee and watching hot ones and I got to one and that had Bob Saget. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I was like, Oh, okay, you know, full house, whatever, dirty comedian, whatever you want to call whatever whatever he's known for, you know, obviously it's probably mostly full house, but let, let's go down this road. Funny, funniest home videos. Yeah, funniest home videos. There you go. So I I pop it on, I'm like, This this should be good. So he's interviewing Bob Saget and he gets to like the third question, I think. And he asks him about the dog comet from the show. The dog, the dog comet. You remember comet, the golden retriever. Oh yeah. 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 yeah from full house. Yeah. So, so, uh, he, he asks him the question about the dog and, and it, it dawns on me after he asks the question, I'm like, Holy crap, I have, I never knew that. So the fun fact of the day was from this show, uh Comet from the dog from Full House was actually Airbud in all four Airbuds. Really? It's the, same, it's the same dog. And it just blew my mind. I was like, holy crap, I did not know that. And rest in peace, because Comet slash Airbud has passed away. But man, he had one heck of a career, because Airbud was a decent first like first run. Now they ran it out a little bit with like two, three, and four, because there are four of them. But <laughs> I was just blown away that 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 was the same dog. And I don't know how much I, money you think he pulled in over his uh, career. I, I think I actually looked it up to be honest with you. I just can't. It, it's not coming to my head like right away, but. Also, the other part of that is, is that the reason why they called him Comet is because if you remember, Danny Tanner, a.k.a. Bob Saget, was a clean freak. He had like OCD 
and they called it yeah. because it was a it was a um a cleaner so they wanted to make it match Danny Tanner's OCD so that's why Oh yeah I've heard of that the, like the comet bleach spray or whatever it is Right so then the joke was made by Bob Saget after he got answered that question and talked about comet uh <laughs> he said that um uh John Stamos was still upset that Comet got more feature films than he did. Because if you remember, like <laughs> John Stamos was supposed to be like the next dude. You know what I mean? The next like yeah. guy. And he kinda he kinda dropped off. Never got that never got that, you know never got the, the dog break. Did. That's funny. <laughs> so Bob Saget kind of dig the John Stamos was I guess that was kind of like the inside joke because now they've they've done another show they're 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 really currently working with Netflix because they do the newest one Fuller House so that's kind of I guess never the, watched yeah me neither but that's kind of the the I guess the joke between those two is that the dog had a better career than John Stamos did so <laughs> funny but accurate yeah so anyways. I, that one hit me for some odd reason. Like I, I, I then was engrossed after that. Like they, I feel like the show, if it's going to be a good one that you're going to watch, it's going to pull you in in the first couple questions and then it's going to keep you there until the end. And that's what I need to watch the Bob Saget one. Yeah. The Bob Saget one did that for me. Um, and you nice. know, he's an interesting dude anyways, because he does comedy. He's not just he's just just not known, and he did he did America's Funniest Home Videos. He did all that stuff. So, you know, he's it was it was good. I enjoyed that one. Um, there was another oh, and here's another famous one that that pulls you in right away. And people don't probably won't know this guy when I say it unless they're really in they're really foodies like us. But uh, the Eddie Wong one's worth watching. And Eddie, for anyone that doesn't know, Eddie Wong is uh, the the TV producer slash I think actor on the show for fresh off the boat. And he's done a lot of work on Viceland where he's got, he's got um, Wong's world. He's just a basically an internet kind of celebrity chef dude. And he's, he, he's, he gets political from time to time, but he's, he's just an interesting dude. And uh, he, his claim to fame for hot ones is, is that he started, he had, he has IBS as well, like Bobby Lee. <laughs> Interesting. For whatever reason, in the kickoff of the show, like the first question, he goes straight to wing 10. And he eats Blair's Mega Death Sauce numero uno. Oh, he goes backwards. He goes backwards. He was the first one to ever even come up with it, I guess. And I don't know. It kind of looks like he maybe did it on purpose, but he maybe didn't do it on purpose. I don't know. But it totally ruins the interview. Because he is just – he is lit up from, like, question one. So he's, like, standing, moving, like, can't get his bearings, can't answer questions. And you can see, like, ten minutes of it. You're just like, all right, that was kind of funny. You know what I mean? But it's it's like no yeah. other one that you'll ever watch. So I definitely – I haven't that. seen that one, actually. I need to watch that one as well. Yeah, those are two, those are two good ones that definitely need to need to look into. Because they're not like any of the other ones. One, because of that fun fact for me, I, I, that just blew my mind. And I told everyone that I knew about that. And then two, like the Eddie Wong one's not like anyone you'll ever see because no one's done that before. No one's ever, ever went wing 10 and then just kind of like 
screwed the whole interview up. Yeah. So moving on from like our best ones, what's the, what's the worst one you've ever watched? Um, I knew you were going to ask that. And honestly, I'm not sure because typically the ones that I watch, because like you said, there are a lot of people on there that I have no idea who they are. Um, the ones that I watch are typically people that I already know about. And I figured that I would enjoy watching it anyway, just based on who they are. Um, so I'm not sure. I guess if I had to pick one that I thought just was a little bit below all the rest. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the James Franco, Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I say that, um, is because, James Franco is really disappointing. He's kind of like DJ Khaled in the sense that he can't handle it. And I mean, they only ate, they, they had, they like expedited the interview because apparently Brian Cranston had somewhere to be. So it's like the annotated version of hot ones. They only did like five wings or so. And after like wing two, the camera's focused in on James Franco's face and struggling and like, like horror music starts to play because you can tell he's, you know, it's just, it's bad. Right. And he doesn't contribute anything at all almost to the interview because he's just sitting there like, what have I done? He's kind of weird anyways. Yeah, he is. He's a weird dude. Um, um, I don't, I don't care for any of the tandem ones. Really? Yeah. Not a big fan. That, that might be the only one that I've seen. There, Key and Peele's on there too, and it was. Uh, see, I don't care about them. It was. You know why? You know why? I'll tell you why. They stole the Chappelle Show right out from under him when he went on his hiatus. It's the Chappelle Show, just renamed. Of course. Someone had to fill that, the the slot that was that juggernaut of a show. Oh, you can't fill Chappelle's shoes. Exactly. <laughs> But they tried. And a lot of people just ate it up. And now I know there's somebody listening to this. It's it's just dying on them after I said they're like, oh, my gosh, they're right. So, yeah, I'm not I, probably, I don't know if I'll watch Key and Peele. But. So the one for me that was like atrocious, not without we've already stated him before, but like the DJ Khaled one's bad. But it's kind of funny because the very first one that you actually see where somebody fails. But the one that like was like, it's hard to watch just because and it, it, it I, I guess I shouldn't grade it because it's the the very first episode, but it is the very first episode. And it's called and it's with Tony Yayo, the leader of G-Unit, which if, if for anybody that doesn't know, he's basically uh, 50 cents like main man for their like little uh rap group and his actual name his name is tony yayo that's his rap name i don't know like anything other than that so basically uh, basically what you're saying is he took tony montana's first name and then yayo meaning cocaine for his last name 
Yeah, it's it's. I have no idea what the origins of his name are, but I can just tell you, like, he's not, he's not very, he's not an interesting guy. He is what you think he, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not going deeper than what, what that guy is, what you think he is. So it was was kind of a waste of my time. I wish I'd have got like that 18 minutes back of my life. And then there was another (laughs) one that stood out. (laughs) It was uh, Alexa Chung. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it on like uh, your feed to like watch maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably haven't queued her up for anything, but like she was just boring, man. Like there was nothing to her that I was just like, oh, yeah, like can't wait to hear what she has to say about this. And she's like just a – she's an unassuming like British writer slash model slash fashion designer slash host. And literally anything like they tried to like make her like – Alta B was just like it was like what is she famous for? Like I couldn't figure out what the draw to the, the show was. Oh yeah, like, I just you know what I mean? yeah I just did a Google on her and I re- yeah I've seen the preview for this episode but I've never watched it. Yeah, like dude, super boring, super like didn't I can't retain I didn't retain anything other than I just knew how bad the episode was. I was like, why did they do this one? Yeah, you know, there's another, there's another maybe gripe that most people have about the show is I feel like they just grab anybody that's available. Could be they try, they try to make something out of nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I feel Uh, like I feel like it's moving up into the upper echelons of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows so there's going to be a a higher demand to to be on hot ones. I think. Of course, of course, Uh, and I found out a lot about people like that I didn't know about that became in- more interesting to me yeah uh, i thought the i thought the nick kroll one was pretty decent because i i think he's kind of i didn't i knew he was funny but i didn't like actually know nick kroll i just knew him through his like voices on um big mouth from the netflix uh cartoonist show yeah he's in the league yeah and he's from the league i didn't know i, I never watched that much and then there's this there was another guy that i found that was kind of interesting his name is Casey Neistat. Neistat, I don't know how you pronounce that, but he's like a YouTuber. But he's his most famous like YouTube video is where that that blizzard in New York, like from a couple of years back, he was snowboarding off the back of like this Jeep. Oh, he's so that like, guy. Yeah, he's that guy. So he's like a YouTube personality type dude, but he's also like an entrepreneurial person, and he's just an interesting guy. Doesn't he make so, like viral videos or something? Isn't that yeah? Like- like he's he's a he's a daredevil type, you know what I mean? Yeah. He does some wacky things, but he's he was he was cool. He was a good interview. Cool. Um, yeah. So I, the the two that stood out were Tony. Like, don't for me. Like, if if watch some of the ones that we've said are really good, and then the bad ones, like save Tony Ayo and Alexa Chung. And even then, I don't I don't think you should watch them. Like they're just that bad. Like it's not worth your time. At all, in my opinion, that's just that's just my humble opinion about those. But gotcha. Yeah, so I guess that's a pretty decent rundown of like hot ones. I think. I mean, I don't, we could we could revisit it down the road. Maybe talk about some of the newer episodes that are coming out and some sure. of the newer ones. Well, off. we got to we, we got to revisit it down the road because you have to give me your uh, the people you want to be on the show. Right, right. People I want on the show, and then I gotta, I gotta taste that hot one sauce, chipotle, fiery chipotle sauce. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll, 
we'll talk about it again. Um, so, I, I, so then moving down the docket, uh, where did you go in Fayetteville? Ah, yeah. So, um, again, like I said at the beginning, it was my sister's 35th or 36th birthday. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad brother, but yeah, so we went to Fayetteville because she wanted to go somewhere that normally I don't go, I guess. She didn't want to, like, copy me because my birthday in November, which you were at uh, last November, we went to um, – oh, why am I blanking on the name? Was it Bluegrass Kitchen? Yeah, we went to Bluegrass Kitchen, and she, she liked it, and she actually said to my wife that she wanted to go back. But she didn't want to like redo it again for my for my birthday, so she's like, "We'll go to Fayetteville," which we had already went to Fayetteville like maybe last year sometime in the summer or fall, and went to Secret Sandwich Society, which we can talk about that later on. But like, it's it's a good little spot, you know, sandwiches, beers, good fries, burgers. It's a decent little spot to go up there for if you're going to like hang out in the town and like not be in a hurry for anything. Cause it, we are like an hour away, hour and 15 from Fayetteville from Dunbar. So anyways, we went up and, uh, ate at the station, which the station is right under, uh, secret sandwich society on court street on the main drag of like Fayetteville, the town, you know, where like they're, their main little part of the town is yeah I feel, like, shop. I feel like when i was there i might have used their parking lot to turn around now that i think about you it. did you did because it's like a gravel it's a pretty sizable gravel parking lot right under Sam, secret sandwich society isn't there like a like a train car or something like right there yeah it's, the, the restaurant is kind of unassuming in the sense that they're like not like overdoing it with signage <laughs> so you can't really tell that it's an like it's like right above a it's like right below a bank as well I think or some sort of business, so they share the parking lot together, but you can't yeah like it it's not like they're not like strapped up like with neon light signs saying the station eat here, you know what I mean? So you got you got to kind of look for it, which it's not hard to find obviously, but it's not like overly uh, obnoxious. Yeah. Um, with they- so anyways. What kind of food they have? Uh, yeah, so this is the interesting thing, and I think you'll find you'll you'll appreciate this. Um, I think it's sort of a play with like a farm to table type of deal, where they are they got like ro- local produce people that come in and bring them like an allotment for like a couple weeks, and they're like, "This is what we got," and then I feel like. Because I, I did a deep dive on them on their, like, Instagram and looked at some stuff, which I just said deep dive on Instagram, and that's a, a homage to Hot Ones. So whenever you watch Hot Ones, you'll understand where I, that comes from. But I looked at their Instagram, and the menu and the stuff that they're showing on Instagram is nothing like what I actually ordered from on Sunday. Ah, so, they, they do it up for Instagram, and then in person it falls short. No, 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 no. I think it's the latter of that. I think they they get a certain uh, stock of food, and then they tailor their meal. They tailor they tailor their menu to that, and then switch it up from time to time. Is oh, what really? I'm. Yeah, okay. so it's okay. not, you're not not going to walk in there on a Tuesday and get what you got on Tuesday 
from a couple weeks ago that you ate there on Sunday. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you so went I, a different direction there. I thought you were gonna. This was gonna be a negative review. No, 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 not at all. Actually, um, I was actually very pleased with my meal. I think the um, the the table was overwhelmingly pleased with their meal. And um, for anyone that doesn't know my mom, my mom is ve- not very easily impressed by food for whatever reason. I guess I don't know what it is. But uh, she actually m- made the comment that it was the best fish taco she's ever had. Oh, wow. And, yeah, she's been to some higher-end, like, seafood places that do just seafood, and that's a pretty big compliment. I would say um, so. So just side note, what did she think about Bluegrass Kitchen? Uh, I, she's uh, very unassuming in the sense that she's not going to if, – if it didn't impress her, she's not going to talk about it. So she didn't she's say not gonna, Yeah, she didn't say much. So, like, that's, <laughs> not a, that's not the reason itself. So that's why I feel like the station hit it out of the park – because my, for my mom to say that, it's just like, wow. Yeah. My mom's saying food's good, then the food was definitely good. And I shared the same sentiment, not in the sense that it was the best meal I ever had, but it was definitely a high-quality meal for a place that, you know, you're just kind of taking a chance on because it's not like – it's not – you're not going to travel the state of West Virginia like, oh, yeah, you got to go to Fayetteville for the station. It doesn't have that allure, you know what I mean? It's not like a staple – of West Virginia or even Fayetteville for that matter, because they're battling the secret sandwich society, which is well-known. And then pies and pints is the originator. That's the original store is in Fayetteville that is branched out now to Morgantown and Charleston. So anybody that travels to Fayetteville is going to hear about those two places before they hear about the station. So anyways, um, looking at the deep dive on the Instagram, they're like doing they're they're switching it up man and and for you having a lot of time on your hands before you go away to college there's actually a post on there which i know you're not an instagram guy but there's a post on there and it's actually a bowl of ramen on and it's called they call it like noodle monday oh so yeah it's a pretty coming after my soft spot yeah it's a pretty legit looking uh dish um it it's they call it noodle night at the station on Mondays, and dude, I can, I can it's do got, noodle nights. It's got a it's got a soft boiled egg. It's got a it's got julienne carrots and sh- looks like shrimp with a little bit of cabbage, a little hot, a little sriracha. Like it, it's a it's a really good looking dish for around these parts. And I was like, huh, it, which it wasn't on. Now it wasn't on the menu that I saw. Because again, I think they do because it's a paper menu. So I feel like I saw. So it's kind of like it's kind of like. Let me see if I can understand it the way that you were trying to express it. Yeah, they have like a like an agreement or maybe with like a a local farm, and that farm will send them what they have for this particular week, and then based on the ingredients they get, they form a menu for that week. I think it's either that or they just do certain things on certain days. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like maybe they're maybe they're just changing the menu slightly from day to day. That's, but they that's def- actually a pretty good gimmick I think because you know, you could go to Bob Evans and you know exactly what's at Bob Evans. Exactly. And you, you don't even have to look- of, Yeah, you're like, eh, no, I don't want I don't want Bob's." But then this place you were there two weeks ago. 
but you feel compelled to go back because even if you don't want what you had two weeks ago, it's going to be something totally different. I didn't get the whole experience. So I have to go back. You know, I might have to go back for Noodle Monday with you. Or I might have to go back like a a Friday, Saturday night. Now, I will say this wasn't the first time I'd ever been in there. Let me preface that in the sense that me, my wife, and her best friend and husband went up to Fayetteville one night to do an escape room. And uh, we ate at Secret Sandwich Society prior to the escape room. Went and did the escape room, beat it, and got out in, in enough time then celebrated at the station with like uh, celebratory beers, but we didn't eat. We just drank beer there, which they have a great craft beer selection as well. Cause that area is kind of known for that. Hey, kudos um, by the way on uh, solving the, the puzzle there. Yeah. It wasn't all me. Uh, definitely had smarter people in the room, but uh, I did help in, in ways of like athletic prowess where I just kind of ran around the room frantically grabbing stuff and, you know, trying to help any way possible, but you're the feet, uh, you're the feet of the team. Right. So we had a celebratory beer there and then chose to go back and did another version of the escape room. Cause there's three, there's an easy middle and hard. And we did the middle to start out and then did the easy, just, just to take it easy and had fun doing it. But you know what I mean? So I had beers at the station. I knew it existed. So I was kind of like, I, 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 I was excited to go to the station, but at the same time, I was trying to talk uh, my wife into telling my sister to take us to Bonhoeff. I actually wanted to go the other way. I wanted to go to Huntington and go to Bonhoeff, but my sister didn't bite on Bonhoeff. And we'll talk about Bonhoeff. So that's not, that's not that one. Yeah. So, again, I had my high hopes on Bonhoeff, didn't get it. Then cho- we chose the station, went to the station, had a really nice meal. So I was definitely – uh, happy about that. So, uh, all in all, I don't, we maybe, maybe we need to come up with like some sort of rating system and, uh, you know, talk about certain aspects of these restaurants that really they do well in and they do lesser than well in. And I feel like the station is definitely a place you need to go to in Fayetteville. If you're there and you've already been, you know, You've already you you're not in a mood for a sandwich. You're not in a mood for pizza. You definitely the station hits all all those other needs. It has good nice. beer and it has really good dishes. Um, I so, I definitely think we should do a noodle night Monday. I I agree. I mean, I'd be up for that for sure. And you know, maybe I'm off base in saying that they change their menu a lot, but I feel like they're definitely doing. They're de- they're definitely not like really mundane dishes they're doing like the it took some time for our food to come out not like an egregious amount of time but it did you could tell that dude was back there making it with love they're doing it right yeah he was he was putting a whole lot of love and we got some appetizers too that were really good uh some sort of like play with pulled pork quesadillas uh that were really good and then we had um some fried uh, risotto bowls that was like yeah, it was like a uh, Parmesan, like crusted risotto ball that was really good. And there, you know, it wasn't. It, it was in the sense that like these these dishes were just to give you a little a little taste, a, wake up your taste buds for the like the main course. Which, if you want to go down like details of, I had some almond crusted uh, uh, trout with uh, like a 
like fried polenta cubes and cauliflower. Uh, yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah, that was good. Uh, my wife, um, what did she end up getting? I can't remember. My sister got a shepherd's pie, and it uh, looked good. I already talked about my mom's fish tacos. Those were, those were good. And I, I can't remember what my wife got. Um, Jerry Bear go? Who? Jerry? No, no, he he, he did not make the trip. Uh, um, my daughter did. She got like a cheese quesadilla or something like that. But uh, what was her review? <laughs> she would uh, love the French fries. Okay. You can tell a lot by uh, by what a, a toddler says, believe it or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like French fries were fresh cut, like done well. So honestly, you know, my opinion of the restaurant is definitely if you're in the surrounding area, definitely go for like a date night because it, it is a little bit – it's not – it's mid-range, you know, price-wise. It's not like, holy crap, this is really expensive, but at the same time, it's not like cheap or anything. They're really doing it. They're doing it right. You know what I mean? It's legit restaurant experience. So it's worth decor, a couple extra dollars. Yeah, decor is not is like kind of unassuming, but at the same time, it's got like an older style feel. Like I remember, I, I went to the bathroom twice, and the bathroom has like old coal mine pictures and stuff like that. And like it, it, it makes you feel like you're in West Virginia. Like it's got that West Virginia type feel. You know, just kind of relaxed, kind of like blue collar. Um, but yet on the higher end of like blue collar a little bit, um, if that makes sense. It's yeah. just a, it's it's a it's a wa- it's a local watering hole with good food. Like you're gonna go there and get your your taste buds right. Plus you're gonna have a good some good cocktails or some good craft beer, and you're gonna enjoy yourself. It's a place you go and hang out at. It's a place you want to sit at the bar maybe with some friends, have some beers, talk talk shoot the shit, and it's also. Um, it's also you're going to get like pleasantly surprised by the the food that comes out because the dude in the back knows what he's doing, or the dudes, right. in the back. or yeah. So definitely hit it up. You've talked me into it. Yeah, we'll 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 definitely we'll we'll venture up that way. We'll maybe do like maybe make a day out of it, go up and do some hiking. You know, take advantage of the area and then hit that place up. All right. So sounds good. Sounds good. So two thumbs up from Flan for the station. Yeah, two thumbs up, hundred percent. All right. Well, um, I guess it's my turn to discuss my recent adventure. Uh, I'm very, I'm very curious to hear this because you and I have eaten at this restaurant prior to this last experience you had with it. Yeah, yeah. Flan and I ate there about ten years ago. Is it that right? long? I, I think so. It's Man, it's a the, long time. Yeah. Um, I, I I was trying to piece together exactly what the the scenario was. You were there. I was there. Your mom was there. And one of your girlfriends was there. I don't remember which one it was, though. That, that's what I – if I knew, it, it, it would help me figure out exactly how long ago. <laughs> I really want to say it was Taylor. My wife. I really want to say it was my wife. Uh, it could be. But anyway, we when we went that first time, I thought it was pretty mundane. It was um it was pretty lackluster. It was and bad. It, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best. Like the 
the tables and chairs were uh i don't know what the word is i'm looking for to describe those but there's a certain type of chair that i hate in restaurants and this one was it this one was it <laughs> Yeah, um, it's like that old um it's like that old metal chair with a little bit of like cushion on it. Yeah, and it like the whole it's chair. Like a leather co- yeah, yeah, the whole chair is like coffee colored. Yes, dude. Those are the worst like chairs ever. There's there's absolutely no point for a chair like that to be in an eating establishment, in my humble opinion. But they were <laughs> and we sat on them. And the the I feel like the the actual table, it wasn't a fold out card table or anything like that, but um, it was crap. It was crap, and it, they they hid the fact that it was crap with a white tablecloth over it. Um, yeah, real cheaply. Yeah, real bad. But um, did you say the name of the restaurant already? Oh, you know what? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> it's called the Italian Grill, and. Uh, hey. It takes on a pretty unassuming presence because it's in a strip mall, um, and and I, I know that one of my most favorite, cherished restaurants of all time, Jug and Kilt, was in a strip mall. So really, you can't you can't say with a hundred percent certainty that just because it's in a strip mall, it's going to suck. But um, this one, it. it it just didn't look good out of the gate. And that first trip, we we pretty much got what we expected. Yeah, um, it was bad. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very good at all. Uh, however, things change. Things change, my friend. And things have changed for the better for the Italian grill. Its surroundings are still the same. You know, right next to Rio Grande number nine and Big Lots, but. Uh, I was I was pleased, and I went with my girlfriend Ashley. She was pleased. Um, it was a it was kind of like a you could tell that the the decor on the inside wasn't very lavish, but it actually didn't really matter. Like it was just enough to uh, I, I don't know. I guess trick you into into walking through the door and sitting down comfortably. But um, we were pretty hungry, and we got. They they treated us to uh, some kind of bread and and dipping sauce, and um, it was like olive oil and garlic with salt and pepper, and it, man, it hit the spot. It was just what I needed. I was starving. Now, I was a little bit concerned because we both just ordered water, and she asked if we wanted lemon. Uh-huh. And we said yes, and she came back, and it was water, sands the lemon. So immediately we were kind of like, oh, great. It's going to be like this. What have we done? Well, I ordered a pizza that came with five different mm-hmm. toppings on it. And you had, to, you had to pick which five you wanted out of a list. So I did. And I noticed as I was doing it, she wasn't writing any of it down. So I made a mental note right there. Like, huh. You're really playing with fire. You screw this pizza up, and your tip's going to show it. Well, <laughs> Ashley got, uh, like, a calzone. I think it had, like, two ingredients or something. Still, didn't write it down. Well, she came back, flan. The pizza had everything I had on it, had everything I had ordered. Her calzone was just what she wanted, and it was 
Very good. I would say um, if our previous experience was a two, this was uh-huh. a seven. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't eat it all. It, it was it was huge pizza, huge pizza for like 10 bucks. Couldn't eat it all. Brought it home. And I still don't think I ate it all. So then let me come back at you with this. All right. Uh, let me let me let me try to keep this in perspective. Okay. Uh so first off, um just a question. So you actually were seated at a at a table. Seated at a table. Uh-huh. And they came in they came and gave they came and asked you for your order. So you yeah. had Yeah. Okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty generic experience there. Yeah, I, I don't remember that being the case when we went. I thought we ordered at like um, up front and then sat down like that. That um, no, no, yeah. I don't. So. I I remember because I I was I knew your mom was paying for it and I was struggling internally with the decision because I of course of course you go to an Italian place and you're going to want the the lasagna and uh you know whatever but i was looking at the cheap sandwiches that's right that's right okay i remember you having that inner inner struggle i think um, i got the nitty-gritty grinder the first time which wasn't on the menu this go around got rid of they got rid of the sandwiches no they did have sandwiches just not the same sandwich because if you remember from my days at marshall when i would go over to giovanni's and sit at the bar and drink alone and I'd get a salad and sandwich combo and then ride my bike home. Uh, I would always get the nitty gritty grinder. So I was impressed that they had it at the Italian grill, but it just, it wasn't the same. It just okay. was not the same. But okay, uh, so now that interestingly I miss- enough though, we did sit in the exact same like little tiny room that we sat in that first time. Okay. So now that I misremembered that, I I got to say this. Did being extremely hungry play a part in this? I don't think so. I don't think so. Every like our waitress was very good. You could tell she'd been doing it a while and um she was she was pretty much all business, but but not in a way that was, you know, like oppressive. She she was friendly and courteous. Um, okay. Yeah, and it I mean, seemed to me like everyone else around us was enjoying themselves too. Uh, there was there was a a table with two older couples next to us, and they had ordered pizza and and gotten to go boxes, and were just sitting enjoying talking to one another. Um, there was some kind of like weird party that was happening there as well. People kept going up to like this buffet with paper plates. Couldn't figure that out, but they also ordered from the menu. Which again, huh. I can't figure it out for the life of me. But um, everybody was enjoying it. Um, the the uh, pizza was good. Her calzone was good. The little bread things that they brought us before our food came. Really I want to say like a a play on garlic knots. You know, that's funny. It, it was like tied into a knot, but it wasn't garlicky. Huh. Sorry, I'm eating a donut. Uh, that's fine. I uh, I guess my thing is is that let me, th- I guess th- here's 
So you've, you've talked about the service, which I didn't really get into anything on the service end of my uh, restaurant experience, which I, I think that's a good thing because the, I, how I want my server to be is I basically don't want to, I don't want to remember them or talk about them. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I feel like, I feel like they, they need, they need to be a, a, a referee or an official that, you know, or like an umpire where I don't want that. I don't want everybody to know that they're in, they're doing their part. You know what I mean? I just want them to be unassuming. I don't want to talk about them. I don't want them to be the star of the show or, the reason why we're not going to go back to the place. I just kind of want them to be unassuming. They come and take my order. They, they go away. They come and ask if everything's good. They refill my water or whatever drink I'm drinking and that's it. And I pay them and move on. So okay. you've talked about the service. My curiosity now swings to, because you, you, you spoke of getting this hearty pizza. And mm-hmm. if I know you correctly, which I'm pretty sure I do, you're more of a uh, a cheese and cheese guy, or you're more of like a sausage onion. You don't really get too cre- uh, real creative when it comes to like a lot of toppings. So I'm curious to why you went with five toppings. Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, yeah, that was the term terms of what I ordered. It came with it came with uh, mozzarella cheese and like your basic marinara sauce or whatever so like the other pizza right yeah but it said choose five toppings to add on to it and then okay you know, there there were several more than five obviously maybe like 12 toppings you could choose from so what five what five did you go with then well to quote jules winfield from pulp fiction my girlfriend's a vegetarian which pretty much makes me a vegetarian so, <laughs> I got onions, garlic, uh-huh. uh, jalapenos, eggplant, and mushrooms. In the in the sense that you were going to share this pizza. Yeah, I think I think what I had said was because she was going back and forth between calzone and pizza as well. I said, you know, I've been eyeballing this. How about I get this and you get the calzone? And then if you're hungry, you can have what, you know, some of the pizza too, because it was a big pizza and that's what we did. So I think she really only had like a bite or two because it was, it was, the the portions were so big. Uh, So I'm also curious to the fact that if she ordered a calzone, did she order that calzone and and thinking about you since you thought about her with the pizza for her dietary needs? That's a good one, Flynn. No, that you you and I both know that is not how male female relationships work. Oh. So we there's a bit of selfishness here that happened in this meal. Of course. Of course. I don't I don't know if I go so far call it selfishness as much as I would um uh I don't know unawareness. Consideration, but, awareness. But to be fair, I really didn't want any calzone at all. Ah. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not really a calzone person, to be honest with you. I I absolutely love a good calzone, and I, I got to give anybody a picture of what I'm actually doing right now. I'm sitting in my chair, and I actually have the Italian Grill pulled up on TripAdvisor, and I am looking okay. directly. 
I am looking directly at pictures of somewhat what I can think of possibly as your meal is that why I described the rolls as garlic knots because they're tied up in a knot. And I, I don't oh, see a picture. Man. I was giving you all the credit in the world for assuming that and you're looking at pictures. Yeah, I'm cheating. So uh, the secondly, I don't see a pizza. What I do see though is a calzone. And I uh-huh. have to admit, I I am a calzone connoisseur. I'm always looking for a good calzone. And okay. uh, I'm actually going to mention one of my uh, very, like, un- like never even thought I would have gotten a great calzone, but this ended up being a great calzone. And it was with my buddy, Mark Thomas, and we were working at the Bell Plant in Bell, and we went down the way towards Riverside, where the, the Walmart Lowe's is at, and there's a Geno's down there. Now, why this is significant is because I I, li- I lived off Gino's calzones my whole uh, childhood life. Like life, I love them. Gross, and but continue. normally that's my normally that's my go to when I go to Gino's is a calzone. Well, I was pleasantly surprised with this certain Gino's because this certain Gino's actually like covered the top with like uh, garlic powder plus like um, uh, like a. Uh, a, a butter swab on the top so it was like extreme dude, it was delicious this woman that was working in there she was she was doing her own rendition of calzones and dude to this day me and mark still talk about that calzone it was like 14 dollars, but man was it good and i pride myself on trying to find decent calzones and i'm looking at this picture and i would not deem it with my eyes as a good calzone so I'd be interesting to ask, interested to ask Ashley what her thoughts of it was. And I'm almost positive that's what I got that day 10 years ago was a calzone. And I don't think I was that, that happy with it. Well, interestingly enough, Ashley got uh, banana peppers and pineapple in her calzone. And... I'm not sure exactly how she felt about it. She didn't make any like outright comments one way or the other. Um, so then she's as, like, mom, then the sense that she didn't talk about. It, so therefore it wasn't that great. Yeah. 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 But okay. you didn't let me, you didn't let me uh, finish the, you know, like come full circle with the review. Please. The review that I would ultimately end up with is yes, it was good. But it was good relative to my first experience. Uh, if it's if it's somewhere that um, I would have to consider whether or not I wanted to go back again, um, I might. But I probably wouldn't unless someone else I was with wanted to. So you ra- you we rated the station two thumbs up. You would give it the Italian Grill in Hurricane, West Virginia, uh, a thumb and a half, one thumb. Yeah, I give him. I give him one thumb. One thumb, and I was going to ask you uh, if it came down because this was going to be. This is actually since you already took that and ran with it. I was actually going to ask you where it stacked up against Graziano's pizza, and now I think I have my answer. Oh yeah, Graziano's, it, I, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, is the creme de la creme <laughs> of pizza establishments in West Virginia. So. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that later on down the road, but I don't I don't share those same feelings. But I was I was curious because you really were talking really really highly of this pizza. I thought, 
And I, that was going to be my determining factor was is if it beats Graziano's and we have a very, we have a decent restaurant here, but if it doesn't, then it's just kind of like subpar. And if you're in the area, maybe you give it a shot. Well, you know what? Um, I almost tweeted this the night of, but I didn't because I figured no one would really know what I was talking about. And I hate that. I hate just for everyone's own convenience to know. I hate it when people tweet these stupid vague tweets or like a subtweet and it, and it's, it, no one could possibly understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. But, um, I have never been so thirsty after eating at a restaurant before in my life as I was after I ate this pizza. I walked around in big lots. We went into big lots because it's, it's right next door in this little strip mall. Yep. Went in big lots and I'm like passing the Gatorade refrigerator every five minutes on purpose, like looking in there thinking about getting one. No, I don't need one. Yes, I need it. No, I don't really need it. I think I might need it. So I don't know. I don't think that it was necessarily too salty. I think they use so much garlic Yeah, that, that it, it made me that thirsty, which I am a major advocate of garlic in, in anything. Um, I, there might not be a better smell in my opinion, but it just, it was not, it was not working for me that night. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of your Italian spots do go heavy on the garlic. Um, and definitely like I, I, anytime I ever eat like a, a big hearty Italian meal, which if you know, and some other people know that like, I'm a sucker for Papa John's, I will, I will crush a Papa John's pizza and then automatically know that like I better drink at least three twenty ounce waters before I go to bed, and then have one waiting at three a.m. when I wake up in the middle of the night because I'm just gonna be so parched that I can't like it's like I never drank a drop of water in my life. Like you know what I mean? You just can't get enough. Oh, yeah. After those after those garlicky events. Well, I don't remember waking up in the middle of the night desperately thirsty, but man, for a while I was like. Tom Hanks and Castaway, <laughs> like considering drinking seawater, it was horrible. <laughs> so then, Italian Grill, Hurricane West Virginia, you got one thumbs up just because of the experience from ten years ago. They're making they're they're on the move. They're they're, they're making improvements. They're trying. It's still a work in progress, but it's 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 okay hey, for where it's at. If, if anything, if anything, you could say about that place, which you know I went there a long time ago, it's still standing. And in in this in this very environment in West Virginia, that's a testament in, in itself. The rest very of true. is still going. So Italian hats grill, off to you on that. Yeah, Italian Grill, hats off to you. Um, you might get my business again one day. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But keep keep chugging on. Keep keep doing what you're doing because obviously I'm looking at TripAdvisor, which you already caught or I told on myself, but it's got four and a half stars with 66 reviews on TripAdvisor. So obviously people are coming from out of state and they're getting recommended this place and they're liking it as well. So maybe they're doing some. 
Yeah, they're doing they're doing they're doing they're doing they're doing what they they know how to do. And it might not be extremely great, but it's definitely up to par with some other places in the area. So keep rocking on. Rock on Italian Grill. Italian Grill. So yeah, I think we uh pretty much covered what we thought we would want to like talk about in this episode too. Um anything else? Anything else coming to the old uh noggin on you want to discuss before we get off here? Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, other than I filed my taxes yesterday, and I, I'm not getting as much back in my return as I want, but I'm, I'm <laughs> considering considering uh, pulling mine and my girlfriend's return and and hitting the road again before I start school in the fall. Because once that happens, I'll probably never go on a vacation again. <laughs> So what 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 spots are you possibly looking at? I don't know. I don't know. Can we, I, re- can I recommend one on on? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it'll be relatively that costly. Um, okay. It's actually within driving distance of us. Um, okay. And I've uh, and it's actually near and dear to my heart, um, just because of certain events that have happened over the past couple of days. But I really think you should give real consideration to going to Asheville, North Carolina. Um, ah. uh, only because and um, for people that don't know or may know that listen to the podcast, I had this uh, grandioso idea that um, I was tired of uh, not being able to hang out my, with my friends on like certain uh, specific holidays that, you know, mostly people uh, gravitate to their families on and they're in other parts of the country. But uh, I was going to start this um uh, event in different cities that was called holidays where you basically get together with a group of your closest friends and celebrate uh certain holidays all throughout the weekend but just pick one each day so i think for the ones that we were going to do this year we were going to do cinco de mayo on thursday friday was going to be halloween saturday was going to be christmas and sunday is going to be fourth of july and I had slotted that event to happen the first ever annual holidays was going to be in Asheville, North Carolina, because it's kind of centralized to where all my friends and are at. And it's not too far away from everyone where someone might have to fly and the other person can drive and yada, yada, yada. So yeah. um, that event ended up falling through for this year, but it's definitely not dead. And we're going to look back into it possibly for 2019 And I, in my mind, was going to be like, well, I want to go to Asheville anyways just to just check it out. Now, I say going to Asheville because I have saw certain videos online, um, specifically YouTube, because, you know, I go down those rabbit holes. And there are a lot of good eats in Asheville, a lot of like hippy dippy uh, barbecue slash uh like real like farm to table craft beer sort of like a, a a very major metropolitan Fayetteville kind of kind of place yeah but i i've heard nothing but good things about Asheville exactly and i actually was listening now you, you this might he might not be your political preference but i heard that obama would sneak down to Asheville and eat and a lot of like high end celebrities 
if they're on this side of the country and they're around like say North Carolina, Charlotte, whatever, kind of head towards Asheville to eat. It's really got a real like following on this on the food scene. So if I had any, if I had any recommendation for you, it's only four hours from here, and you can definitely find a nice Airbnb that's rather cheap. And I think you could really go hog wild for a weekend with eats down there, especially in the springtime. You know, springtime is going to be nice and beautiful because the um, trees are coming back and getting color again, and maybe do some hiking and stuff like that. So. I would I recommend can add it to the short list for sure. Yeah, I would recommend Asheville if that that was any. But what were you, where were you thinking? Uh, this morning, um, we very very briefly discussed Maine. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, Seattle. Wow. And maybe California. Now all, I've been all to corners LA. of the country. <laughs> That's right. I have been to L.A., and she has been to San Francisco. Uh, so I'm not sure where in California we would go. Um, I do know that in San Francisco there's a restaurant called the Stinking Rose where they make everything with garlic. Uh, so I don't know. I might I might be um, going back for the the thirstiest – I've ever been after a meal experience if I do that, but and and who knows? and definitely in and out. Ah, uh, yeah, in and out, in and out for sure. Yeah. yeah, um, but other than that, I'm not. I don't know. I've been actually been toying with the idea of Disney World because let's face it, everyone loves it. It's the most magical place on earth. Yeah, and. I can't imagine anything better in terms of, you know, a vacation just flowing and, and you have everything you need than staying uh, in, a, in a Disney resort and going to a different park each day. Yeah. So I, I like that idea personally, and I'm going to expand off that why I like it, because if you do go that route um, – I have experience in the area, plus uh, we have a mutual friend, a very good friend of mine, obviously a friend of yours who lives in the surrounding area in Orlando and Josh Lopez. And he could definitely, since uh, uh, he's really taken a liking to what we, we discuss on this because his girlfriend's dad is um, a, one of the head chefs at the Amway Center for the Orlando Magic so they've kind of Ooh, brought baller the food scene as well. Yeah, they've brought him into the food scene as well. So he is going to like off the cusp, off the off the radar places and eating uh, where you know a chef likes to eat. So that that says a lot. Nice. So, well, yeah. Shout so out to want... Josh and and his girlfriend and her badass dad. Yeah. So if you want like real high end options in the surrounding area. And maybe even some company for one night. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll actually ask him. And then I think what would be even a better idea than that is to bring him on to the podcast prior to going to the trip and talk about some of the things that we've done when we went down there because we've been there before. 
and things that he's done since and prior to and just get let everybody know who Josh Lopez is. Yeah, for sure. Right on. Yeah, so that would be a real interesting podcast if you if you hit that route. You take you take the Disney World route. So we have a yeah, we, have a, we the, have a local the food guide. options that we do what? We have a local guide to bring on to the podcast to let let you know. Ah uh, yes. That is true. And I trust him completely because when we ate it was your bachelor party weekend in Orlando. We ate pretty well. Yeah, um, we did. You know, you know what I've been thinking about that that I don't think does 